Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello and oh. welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier speaking very... You're speaking in your indoor voice. Yes, because because when you when you go outdoors now, it's like there's all this Christmas noise, and all I can hear is other people going yay, and you go oh, and you get mm. home and actually get into the confines of your little room mm. and go oh, it's nice oh, it's to be nice. here, yes, 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 in a quiet place. Oh, we have a great guest today on the Food Bites podcast. Really timely too, I think, for this time of the I year. I think so. Coming up to the the festive season, well, we're we're smack bang in the middle of it. But Les Twentyman, uh, he's a he's a name synonymous with um, with helping uh, youths at risk youths yep. here in Melbourne. Um, but he's uh, he's certainly gained a reputation uh, for uh, for being an advocate for for people who need a helping hand in life. Yep, families uh, that Les have come across over the years uh, in his forty plus years mm. as a, as a youth worker uh, that he's touched and that he's changed their lives. He's given them a uh, a, a helping hand and a, a pathway to to get out of uh, the situations that they've been in, whether it's whether it's because of poverty, whether mm. it's because of uh, uh, not having uh, education, uh, access to education, or whether it's because you know domestic violence, all those mm. issues, uh, he's he's at the forefront of it. So we're going to have a chat to Les about how things are tracking, particularly post COVID, the pandemic, because yeah. that had quite the impact on us, so many people during that time. So we'll uh, get Les's thoughts on that. We'll also find out how he shapes up in the kitchen. Yes, we will. Not, <laughs> not, not, not very often from what I can gather. Uh, and our food poll this week is a most interesting one. Uh, again, mm. one where we, we've pitted. Carb uh, versus carb. Yeah, too. Stodge versus stodge, yeah. as our mate Wayne says all the time. Well, stodge versus stodge as long as the stodge doesn't touch. Yes, you're not allowed, you're no, Stodge is not allowed to touch. It's so. your pasta versus your rice. Yeah, that'll be uh, more than interesting, trust me, a star-studded version of the uh, food poll coming up. But let's get into our guest for this week. It is a uh, social worker uh, and a well-known man about to the town, Les Twentyman. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Thank you very much for joining us and, and giving us some of your very valuable time. At this time of the year, it's obviously one of the busier times of the year for you, I'd imagine. Yes, it is. Um, you know, we um, uh, this year's our 40th year of putting on a, a Christmas party for those that are either disadvantaged or homeless and, and things of that nature. And uh, up until the pandemic, we would actually have about 600 people come to the Christmas morning, but uh, the scale of that back to around about 80 or 90, um, and we've moved it down to a place on the lake in, um, in Footscray uh, called uh, Craven Crepes, which is uh, in the Maribyrnong Edgewater Estates in the the kids love it because apart from Santa and, and they love eating the crepes and that, uh, we've yeah. been able to do some water activities, what's called canoe polo. And, yeah, so uh, hopefully – and it's important because some of these families uh, are in the second and third generation of coming to these uh, events. And uh, not only do we have Christmas for them, but we provide their school books generally uh, in, in uh, and we put, I think, 21,000 kids through school since we started that back-to-school program. But, yeah, so it all comes at a rush. Straight after Christmas comes the, you know, the need to get kids educated. And, and the big problem that parents have is they can't afford to buy those school books. We're very fortunate that some of the big private schools like Wesley, Trinity Grammar, Camberwell's Grammar, Scotch College, they all donate their uh, books to us. 
that their students um, have kindly uh, given over to for this program. Les, how are we looking post-pandemic heading towards Christmas from your point of view, from uh, a social welfare point of view? Are we getting on top of things? We had a sausage sizzle on Saturday at, at uh, Bunnings in Altona, which was really great. But one of the mothers who um, put her hand up to help and her son, she was telling me that um, a few months ago there was a home invasion into her house where she was hit with a brick and uh, her son is a very small boy. But because of that, he, he bulks up by putting you know, extra clothing on. So he had two windchairs on and a jacket. He, he was stabbed eight times, and if it hadn't been for that uh, you know, extra clothing, he would have lost his life. And yeah. But they're the sorts of things that are emerging, and it's very concerning. And I did a thing with Channel 10 on the back of an interview that Michael Carr Greg did with Channel Jones on 3AW last Wednesday, and it was about the knife culture. And um, back in 2006, uh, I was to run with, with the baton in the Commonwealth game. And when I arrived at the assembly point at, in Braybrook at the youth centre, it's funny because I lent my car to one of our youth workers, um, Jim Markowski, and my runners were in it. And then I thought, oh, I need runners to run with it. So I found a pair of shoes with some rubber soles, and when I turned up, the uh, local inspector, who I called Bill Weatherly, said to me, um, what are those? I said, oh, I'll pull in my car with my runners on, you know, and um, this is the best I could find. He said, oh, you can't run in those. What size are you? I said, oh, 10. So he rings the Witchway police station and says, we need a size pair of 10 uh, <laughs> trainers up here originally. Next minute, this police car comes up with sirens blaring. So I, I put on the uh, runners and apparently belonged to someone that was locked up in the cells. Anyhow, we all went for a bit of a, a party afterwards and I forgot all about that I got these guys' shoes on. And the cops rang me and said, where's the bloody hell are you? That guy's been released in half an hour and he's got no shoes. I said, oh, I forgot all about that. Had to run but Bill said to me that everyone, they sort of stopped in Footscray and carrying knives. And I said, yeah, we're putting... The same, I said, I've got an idea. I went over to to uh, Cleveland with Channel 9 with Nick McCallum some years ago uh, to look at a weapon exchange, which over there was handing in a gun for a $75 voucher. And I said, why don't we do something like that? You know, over to our period at Sunshine and Quitchway Police Station, uh, on Sunday cold morning, we collected 52 weapons, and they were sent by... Sends metal up to Queensland and made into a statue, which sits out the front of the Footscray Police Station. The things, because of the pandemic, have got far worse, and we really need to um, look at the issues, particularly around mental health and, and things of that nature. Because sporting clubs are saying that their, their numbers have dropped off since the pandemic. Uh, all the things, particularly in the West, that people used to engage in. Uh, and they are really struggling, and so there needs to be a push. To, there's, um, you know, there's 130 babies born a week in Wyndham. I think that's the same in Melton. So we've got this big population boom, but we haven't got the resources and the facilities such as you know, childhood development and and those sorts of things. But also, we still keep on going down the same old track, and that is, you know, more police and more jails. 
and as it's been proven overseas, it just doesn't work. You really need to bring in, you know, proactive things for kids to do, like arts and drama, sport and all those sorts of things. And for those who don't fit into any of that, maybe a national service of some sort without the military part of it to give these young people a sense of belonging and also develop their uh, self-esteem. Liz, your your job uh, working with at risk youth and uh, and working with families uh, across uh, all of all of Melbourne and, and Victoria, it's a twenty four seven job. When 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 you get a chance just to relax, just to be at home with you and your family, and just and relax, you, do you go into the kitchen? Are you someone who likes to cook, or are you someone who likes to eat? <laughs> I think I like to eat, but uh, I used to enjoy doing some cooking. Those my favourite dish. I used to make these great. Uh, curried sausages and uh, that I'd make so much of a mess I'm sure you won't let me don't need that anymore but yeah look um, a good friend of mine is uh, the famous chef with the braces on in uh, Ian Hills and, and when I was single he taught me how to make a certain dishes but I put up my cleaning ladies please uh, because I'd make such a mess Les, um, your your own health um, challenges have been well documented in the past. In, in fact, um, one procedure left you close to death, actually. You, you had a fairly close brush. Um, what were your memories of those times and, and how has that changed um, in terms of your attitude to, to life, healthy uh, living? I was only actually thinking about it the other day because that was in 2009 and, and uh, I know that... Um, uh, when my wife and I had to go back to the hospital um, some time later to for after procedures and that, and when the doctor gave us the file to take for the next uh, appointment, so we had a bit of an hour, and we went to the cafe at the office and went through the file, and you know it was quite graphic that uh, if uh, she hadn't signed on for this artificial drug from America, that um, no. And he had sort of hours to live. So, yeah, so I've, I've pinched 13 more years from that procedure, but it does make you think about just how fragile things can become. And um, I was in a coma for 21 days. When I came out of that coma, uh, John Fowler from the Taylor Brothers and Brother Bob McGuire sitting at the end of my bed. And I, Oh, gee, we're so I've gone to the other side, but if I have, I've got, uh, I've ticked two of the boxes. But Father Bob came in every night, and being Father Bob, he, uh, he used to sneak off and buy a can of Pepsi Mac and just hook it into the room to let it track in and all that sort of stuff. And um, it was like gold. Absolutely. It's amazing when I was in the coma that the only thing I could think about was getting a big glass of Diet Coke with plenty of lemon and ice in it, you know what I mean? And also, because I was at the Alford, I was in the part where the helicopter lands, and I could hear this helicopter, and in my dreams I thought I was on a ship between Darwin and Timor, and, the, and these helicopters were landing onto this big ship, and it was actually under the roof of the Alford Hospital, so... Yeah, so they had some fun and games and those little weird dreams. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Liz, the importance of uh, the Les Twentyman Foundation, uh, I mean, we, we'd love not to, not to have to have uh, organisations like yours and that all the problems were fixed, but, I mean, you, you do rely on a lot of uh, really generous people who've been involved over the years. Of course. 
started when I um, when I was basically I, I worked for a few years at a girls' hostel, and these were girls rewards of the states, and, and we locked up in a place called Win Leighton. And uh, what we used to do, we'd have about six or seven girls at a time for a period of six to ten weeks while we try to get them back in the school and into a job and all that. And um, what we were able to do is be able to put them out on Christmas Day with extended family. The two years in a row, I was rostered on and... Um, and we had two girls had no family, they were all dead or they were too dangerous. So I used to bring them home to my mother's place. And these girls who were tough as hell, you know, kick your head in, in a street fight. But they become young children, you know, they're out the back with my nephews and that playing, you know, cricket and all that sort of stuff. After my first year at the, the Western Times, we had a, a bit of a Christmas break up for, um, some of the three clubs in the Western Region League and we invited, you know, the presidents and their coaches. Anyhow, at the end of the night, we had about $500 left over and Ron said, oh, we'll give it to the Children's Hospital. And I said, well, what about we get some Christmas presents for kids that have got no families and got nowhere to go? He said, oh, that's not a bad idea. And that's what we did. We, we rounded up about 15 kids and put on a great Christmas lunch for them that the women from the home help of the City of Sunshine, who I work with, uh, put on. Then the following year we had uh, 60 kids and uh, boys, and we had Brad Hardy as a Santa Claus, which was a bonus because we didn't have to pad up the suit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but we had this little seven-year-old girl who got a handbag and she was grabbing all the wrappings and sticking it in her handbag. And I said to a social worker, Frank Derriman, I said, Frank, that kid's got a thing of that tidiness. He said, no, there's going to be a first present ever in her life. Mm-hmm. And if her parents knew where she was, they'd kidnap her and kill her. And yeah. so that's how we started. And as you know, Kevin, you were very much involved in that and our fundraisers at the North um, Melbourne Footy Club. And that came about because of Robert Smith, who's passed away since then. His daughter brought a girl home from school to stay the weekend, uh, a girl around about nine years of age. And when he went to return her, on the Sunday night, the parents said, oh, do you really, you know, can't she stay with you? We don't really want her. Oh. And he was horrified by that. And that's and that's how we came about now. This year would be a 40th year thing on a Christmas party for, for kids. And we extend that into uh, a couple of other things. We have um, basically it's almost like the 12 days of Christmas. We, you know, we've got youth workers at the other side in Packham and Cheltenham. The Cheltenham uh, girl, Maddie Dyson, has got a great relationship as a Bulldog supporter with uh, Luke Beveridge. And Luke helps her out every Christmas uh, going around for some of the students and dropping off Christmas presents and things like that. So, and, and the one I have, uh, uh, Doug Hawkins uh, comes along and I don't know whether he's there to help me or knock off the presents, but he turns <laughs> up. And so does Sam Newman and... Um, uh, Michael Clark and, and Bill Shorten at the reviews and the kids get a real thrill that these people I normally only see on television, you know, they're helping out on Christmas Day. Uh, well, actually, uh, I, I know because I've seen the trailer that uh, that Rod Hardy, the uh, the acclaimed uh, Australian-born Hollywood film producer, is uh, is going to be turning one of your books into a mini-series. Yeah, look, um, it's, uh, well, it's actually the 
the two books, the first one is 25 years of life on the streets. And according to Bert Newton, that's because no one would let me in. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and the other one said the mouth of Lord. And yeah, so Rod's turning that into a mini TV series, but also he's doing a international doco called Embrace the Right to Belong. And that's about how some of our refugees have become quite successful. In fact, we've got this new program called the um, Side Hustle School, and uh, they had their graduation the other night. Lexi Johnson, who's the daughter-in-law of Alan Johnson, number one ticket holder of the Bulldogs, she addressed the kids uh, the other night talking about how she started up her business, and that's uh, selling alcohol-free wine and, and things like that. But some of the kids there, I got to talk to one young girl who's a, a refugee from uh, Malaysia and said that, her and a single mum grew up in the Flemington High Rise, and she's uh, now a qualified pharmacist but wants to set up her own business. So she's doing that, and it's just great to see young people who really want to take their life by the, by the teeth and really make something of it. And yeah. So the 30 odd kids had graduated, um, and that became about for people like uh, Werribee Master putting money into it. Uh, uh, Nick Johnson Real Estate put money into it. Conrad Taylor, who owns about seven or so um, car dealerships in the western suburbs, he put money into it. Yeah, and it's been good there you know, to have the Chris Burns, who um, is now Deputy Chair of the, of the Foundation. David Young, the eminent surgeon, he's our chairman, and every time someone famous comes to get an operation, they don't leave without having to do something for the Police <laughs> Freeman Foundation. There's a funny story about when Barry Hall came down from the Sydney Swans to play with the Bulldogs. He had a little bit of floating bone in one of his feet. And yeah, they sent him over to David to get the bone out. And David said, oh, well, um, sorry, uh, I'm chairman of the of the Liz Freeman Foundation. Our kid's Christmas party coming up and we need a, a Santa Claus. And Barry said, oh, no, no. I'm, and um, David said, well, Barry, you've got two options, a very painful rehab or a very pain-free rehab. He said, oh, okay, but I'm not putting the Santa suit on. So he came and played Santa Claus, sat on the ground and handed out the presents to all the kids. But, yeah, that, it's good to have those type of people involved with you. And, it's um, you know, we've got this Club 20, as you know, Kevin hasn't been the MC at a lot of our events and um, – these are just ordinary people who've done well in their business and want other kids to get the same opportunity. In fact, I'm going to the dinner tonight with a young kid who was, when he was 14, he was in a gang in St. Albans and he thought, I don't want to stay in this. So he came to us and we gave him his school books. And now he owns um, stores in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, London, and um, he's getting one, I think, in Wellington where he sells the gowns and uh, and the wigs and that to the legal fraternity. So, you know, people can come out the other side. There's another boy who was homeless in uh, Altona when he was 14 and wanted to go back to school. We provided him the school books. He went on to win a scholarship to Oxford University in London where he graduated as a mathematician now has his own artificial intelligence business. So if given the opportunities, these Young people can fly. The old saying that Greg Ward, who played with under me at Yarraville, his son is Callum Ward, he once wrote, 
Um, once you swim in the depths of the ocean, you should never be afraid to fly. And I've always thought about that. If we can pull people up um, to sort of breathe, then we can also help them fly in their life and be successful. Yep. Uh, it's a really good, really good analogy. And uh, Tom Cruise going to play in the miniseries? No, look, it's uh, a lot of people had a lot of fun, but the funniest was my good mate, Angry Anderson. He said, oh, you know, I think um, someone that should pray you is um, the guy that was in Rompers Bumper. And I thought, oh, my God, who's that? Um, oh, you know, the. Uh, Russell Cray. <laughs> yeah, Russell Cray. And I said, oh, Russell Cray, why is that? You know, it's a good actor, mate. You know, because he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good on you, Les. <laughs> good on you, Les. Keep up the great anyway. work, mate. We really appreciate what you do for the community and uh, and good health and happiness to you and your family for Christmas. Thank you. Good on you, Kevin, Sarah. Thank you for having me on. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. And, of course, if you would like to make a mm. donation to the Les Twentyman Foundation, uh, just go to their website and all the details there. It's a, it is run by some fantastic people and uh, one of the things that Les did do a couple of years ago, which he didn't talk about there, is that he was working with some organisations and, and the money wasn't going where it should be going. Yeah. So he actually, they reset the uh, the 21 Foundation up again and the money all goes back into the street. Mm. So it's, uh, that, that's where it should go. Thank you, Les. Yes. All right, now <laughs> let's get to the food poll and uh, see what you thought yeah, about. Well, seeing that summer is shaping up as a bit of a winter-type uh, situation, I thought we might have some nice carb summer. action to keep us warm. Summer. Summer, what's, what, that? what's, what's that? that? Yes. yes. <laughs> We've forgotten right. what that is. Rice but it's rice versus... or pasta. All right, here we uh, go. Artie Stevens starts us off each in their place, pasta with bolognese or lasagna, rice with a stir-fry. Uh, from the Twitter account, Son of Bon Scott, oh, okay. ACDC, says... Boiled rice. <laughs> no, it says boiled rice with soy sauce is the best food ever. Just rice and soy sauce. Mm, that's it. Darren Purchase, and he should know, pasta. Peter Hitchener says it's a close call, maybe rice, but only just. Oh, how cool to have Peter Hitchener in the poll. Old Crokey says rice by a grain. While there are many delicious pasta dishes, rice wins for versatility. Nothing can beat the crunchy crispness of a well-made rice cracker. I don't know if we included rice crackers in this. I'm not referring to the cardboard tasting ones you buy in the supermarket. There you go. You even set a photo in uh, with, with all that. Yes, you did. David says, rice makes me pee more. Oh, thanks for Sorry. that. Actually, David said, rice, rice. makes me pee more. <laughs> Sorry, it's a typographical <laughs> error. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure rice does as well. Uh, I guess it must be the sugars in it. I don't know. Candace Wyatt from 10 News, pasta and never white rice. It has to be brown. Jimmy Wilson says pasta, daylight second. Oh, good. Mervyn Hughes, pasta. Nick Coe says rice is the devil's work. Oh, is that right? Jane Barnes, I love pasta, but essentially I am a rice girl. Matthew says, look, I love them both, but could eat pasta any time, day or night. In saying that, my parents called me River King when I was a baby. (laughs) Steve Bastoni. (laughs) Oh, hang on. I always laugh we have when to beep this. Steve no, no. makes his contribution. He's very entertaining. Yeah, well, he's, he's no, no expletives he this week. He says that's a tough one. They both have their place. Rice for the slight nutritional advantage, but for pure gastronomic gobology, mm-hmm. <laughs> my patented scientific taste test, pasta wins hand to stand. Said like a true Italian. Exactly. <laughs> Pollack and Polacki says, oh. uh, look, I concur with, uh, with Steve Bastoni. Love rice, but there are 110 billion <laughs> types of pasta 
and ways to have yeah, it. Yeah, so right. Lena Masiti, well, of course, Lena says pasta. Terry Daniel <laughs> says, look, can't beat a good fried rice for me and I recently discovered low GI rice, mm. which helps a lot. Rob Elliott says pasta. Ewan Jay says, look, Pato, depends mm. what you're having with either. A very easy quick recipe that uh, and Jay shares with us. Simply boil, say, your spaghetti, drizzle good olive oh, oil through yum. it along with copious basil pesto mm. mixed through the pasta from the bottle. Top it off with a good quality, that's capital letters, good yes. quality parmesan cheese like uh, Reggiano. Reggiano shaved, cracked black pepper and oh, bellissimo. I know what I'm having for dinner. Rebecca Kane says both. Last night I had pasta but living in Thailand – I also eat a lot of rice. Michelle says, look, I like both, but pasta is a clear winner. Muriel Cooper says, neither. Both are unnecessary foods full of empty carbs and calories unless you're doing physical work all day. We only eat them very occasionally and then whole grain. (laughs) Lauren says, pasta, it's one of my go-to comfort foods no matter what sauce I make for it. It sure is comfort food, isn't it? Davin Nicholas says, Probably pasta for me by a narrow margin. Lasagna would be my favourite dish too. Lydia finishes us off. She says both, depending on what you're serving it with. In saying that, you can make very simple dishes with pasta, good olive oil, garlic or truffles, oh, yum, or sun-dried tomatoes. I'm getting hungry, Kevin. Thank you very much for all those wonderful recipes and suggestions <laughs> uh, and I'm not close enough to the kitchen to uh, act upon them now. <laughs> Finally, Wayne says... This is this is like asking if I prefer a Monet to a Picasso <laughs> oh, yeah. or if I prefer some Wordsworth to some Edgar oh. Allan Poe. Oh. This is a tough comparison and one I didn't think is uh, relevant as both serve completely different purposes and live in different parts of the culinary universe. Yes, I'm not going to say that I prefer pasta and then cook up a beef and black bean <laughs> sauce with fasuli or pump for rice and create a basmati bolognese, oh, am I? No. If pushed, I would choose... Pasta, for one simple reason. It's much easier to prepare. After a big night in the pub, a pasta bolognese is still achievable. You boil some pasta, you fry off some mince and you add a jar of Dolmio and you're away. Rice, on the other hand, usually causes drunk Wayno to hate the universe and to give up and eat some cheesels. <laughs> I find getting rice correct to be harder than coaching North Melbourne oh, to a flag. Oh, oh, it usually ends up a gloopy mass of starchy sadness or else I burn it like I'm running the Salem witch trials. Yeah. And don't tell me to buy a rice cooker. Filling yeah. the pantry with pointless pieces of expensive tat that gets used about twice between visits of Haley's Comet is not the way to go. You are so right, Wayne. The things in our cupboard. Yes, I know. The things in you our You don't cup- need unnecessary appliances. So nice uh, – so sorry. <laughs> so rice will remain something I enjoy only with the Chinese takeaway – and it's pasta for me. He's right about the cooking process too. Rice, you can come so close to screwing it up. Um, it burns. It like sticks to the bottom of the pan, which which pasta doesn't generally do. And doesn't uh, usually come very well <laughs> off that pan either. No. <laughs> no well, about- you, you're kind of chucking the pan out territory. Exactly. Yes. Exactly right. Uh, it's yeah. a... It's a, with the boaths mm. that came in, because there's a lot of people who mm. said both, and I would probably say both as well. Um, it, it was pretty much a 60-40 split pasta. Pasta, yeah. Pasta I'd, go, I'd go the pasta. I agree with Wayne. I think it's easier to prepare. And there's so many different varieties. I mean, rice is rice is rice is rice, isn't it? Yep. 
All right, that is uh, that is the food poll. Uh, yes. <laughs> thank you very much for contributing to it. There's so many we, we can't get to you read. Know. We don't just have a chance. And look, I promise another hard-hitting one this week. Oh, looking forward <laughs> to that. Now, that is uh, the final uh, Food Bites before yeah, uh, Christmas and, and New Year. We'll be back early in uh, in 2023. Mm. Uh, so uh, please uh, take care, look after yourselves, look after your families, have fun. Relax and enjoy the time. Don't make it too stressful. No, and Kevin, I'd like to say it's been an absolute pleasure sharing space with you every week, and I look forward to doing it you'd again like in 2023. Say, you'd like to say that, but you're not going to. <laughs> or? A bit facetious. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, uh, from uh, we, we've had a, a, a real ball doing this program mm. in uh, in 2022. Uh, it's become a radio program yes. in 2022. So a, a very appreciative of the support we've had from the Ace Radio Network uh, for, for that mm. uh, and also to our uh, terrific producer, Steve Vischer, who works very hard on this program and does yeah. a great job putting it all together for us. We appreciate that. Merry Christmas to you, Steve and Kathy, and Thank the family. Thank you, producer extraordinaire. And uh, from us, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2023. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas!